Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We are going to go over the week one waivers. We are here, dude, officially. Week one. I mean, yesterday was kind of official. I think today is a little bit more official, right? Week one's here. If we're going to talk about waivers, right, that means fantasy football season's here. What's up, Zach? It's here. What's going on? Uh, last Yesterday, you know, Labor Day, you said it's te- it didn't really feel like the start of fantasy football season, but this this is it. You know, Tuesday, we're now into the week. And, you know, kids are dropped off at school. I know you just posted. So it, it, we're yeah. Going down. yeah, man. I mean, like I, my older one, she's in first grade. She just started first grade today. And uh, the, the drop off process was a little chaotic because we didn't know exactly what to do and all that. But like she was super nervous this morning. Like she had like l- like serious butterflies in her stomach, which is like completely normal. We, we all felt that. So she felt right. it this morning. And now it's like, oh, man, now it's like, you know, we dropped her off and like, all right. All right, I got I, I got a live stream to get to now. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't like <laughs> soak in. The, I mean, I soaked in the moment, and then I was like, "All right, time to go." Like, right. What do we do now? It's time to go to work. All right. So, um, but yeah, no, it's good though. I'm 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 happy for her, and I'm you know, it's it's that it's that time of of her life to start like legit legit school, which is yeah. crazy. But yeah, um, but yeah, man. Um, so waiver wire. So now, obviously, like, you know, everybody drafted their team right Mm -hmm. and you're probably pretty happy with the team that you drafted for the most part and you kind of know who you're going to start but you know we kind of want to still keep track of you know who all these guys are right Mm -hmm. like oh we want to say what's up sam sam is in 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 the live stream right now i just want to say what's up to him real quick but yeah like you know we you know who are you dropping right there's going to be you know end of roster guys end of bench guys that you know you're like all right whatever like i don't really care too much about this dude mm-hmm. so these are the guys that you might be dropping for the guys that we mentioned today you know if they are available on your waiver wire right and and if there are guys at the end of your bench who are less than 50 percent rostered uh and we don't mention them in this show <laughs> chances are that you know we're not too high on them right yeah um so yeah and all the guys that we are going to mention today you know uh 50 or less rostered you know on most platforms it really varies platform to platform and i know a lot of people are like oh you know all these guys are rostered like that's why we're going to go over our top 20 today right right right? so we're going to get right into that um but yeah uh now there are there are a bunch of injuries that we might want to talk about and all that however we're going to get official practice reports on Wednesday, right? That is like the official first day of practice. Uh, and then throughout Thursday and Friday. So that's really when we're going to start going over uh, all that stuff. Okay. Right. So, so yeah, man. Are you ready to get right into it? Yeah, let's get right into it. I mean, do we have the list? Do we have the, li- the list ready to pull up? We, we do have the list. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's share that with, you know, whoever's in the live stream here. Um, so let's see if I share the right one. Let's see if that works. Let's yeah, yeah, there we good. go. There we go. There we go. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. All right. So uh week one wave wire pickups. All right. So so first the first guy that we have on our list this week is Rondell Moore. Um 
you know, and, and by the way, this list is really my list. Like, like I put this list together. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Zach, I know Zach is going to come at me and just be like, nah, dude, like that's not the guy I want to pick. I up. already but came at you a little bit about it today, but you know, this morning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's okay though. It's okay though. Let's get right into it. I, the, the the guy that I'm looking at, like if Rondell Moore is is available on waiver wires, like he's a guy that I want on my roster. Okay, uh, he he's a little bang, bit banged up right now. Apparently, he has an undisclosed injury. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, Cliff Kingsbury said that you know he might be good to go. Uh, you know, he did practice on Monday. Okay, which is a good sign. We probably won't get that full extent, you know, of the injury until the practice report on Wednesday. Right. Um, but just talking about Moore real quick, man. Like, I think. People are underestimating more this year um, and, and him being available in more than 50% of leagues is telling. Right. And, and I yeah. think what the sentiment is that it's too crowded in Arizona. You know, I think that's basically what it comes down to. And the fact that he didn't really perform in year one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this year, what's different about this year is that more is going to be on the field for every play this year. Yeah. Now that Christian Kirk is gone. Um, I think a lot of people might be assuming Hollywood might be in the slot, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Like Kirk was their slot guy. Um, and I think, and now more is going to be their slot guy. That's what, that's what everyone's saying. That's what the coaches are saying. Mm-hmm. That's what the people in the know are saying that he's going to be their slot guy. So Marquise Brown, you know, will likely be their perimeter wide receiver, uh, opposite Deandre Hopkins when he's back from his six game suspension. Right. Um, now the target share conversation is the interesting piece here, right? You know, with Hopkins out for the first six games, more, you know, uh, he's going to be in my lineup <laughs> as a wide receiver three, right. especially in PPR. Like, you know, he, there's no reason why he should be on the wire, especially right now when we know that Hopkins is not going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then but the more interesting conversation happens is like when Hopkins comes back, there's still a shot that Moore is very involved. Like this is an offense that's going to pass a ton. They run a ton of plays. And Moore was used as one of the highest rates at, at one of the highest rates of any player in the league last year when he was on the field. So the only thing that blocked him from production last year was Kirk being in front of him, right? And now mm-hmm. he doesn't really have to worry about that. And we know Kirk is a good wide receiver. He does a lot of things well, and he got paid this offseason. Um, so it made sense that he played ahead of him. And Rondell Moore is not a, not a perimeter wide receiver. So it's not like he would have played over A.J. Green, even though, you know, A.J. Green was a dinosaur last year and he still is he's still on this team for some reason um (laughs) but yeah like that's who i'm looking at at number one like if there's one guy you know if he's available i'm picking up at picking him up uh at all costs and honestly i'm even burning a little bit of fat like i'll I'll put down you know five percent seven percent of my fab like just off 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 the bat you know if that's what you have to do to get around more especially in ppr leagues yeah and why not you know part of what makes him so attractive you know as a waiver wire pickup is that a he is a waiver wire pickup. He's not a guy that you have to draft. The upside is there. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins being out. Chris Kirk, Christian Kirk isn't there anymore. So he could be in line for a serious, you know, high workload these first few weeks. And you're not like, obviously, we don't have him marked as a long term stash. And that's part of the reason. But Rondell Moore, you know, the first few weeks, he could really just eat because he's I mean, AJ Green, like we talked about, he's a dinosaur and he he's all right. You know, he, he he's not bad, but he's not the AJ Green of old. And, you know, Zach Ertz is there. Marquise Brown's going to be there. That kind of scares me a little bit if I'm going after Rondell Moore. But ultimately, as a waiver wire pickup, week one, just to see how it goes, you can't go wrong. And like, like you said, trim some of the fat, throw a little bit of your, what's it called, free agent acquisition bu- budget at him. You'll, you'll be fine. I think there's no, you know, losing if you pick up Rondell Moore, especially if you get him, you know, just right off the waiver wire, pluck him for nothing. So I- I'm with you. That yeah, one I, I, I that one I'm not in disagreement with. <laughs> I I just want to uh, shout out a couple people in the stream right here. Tyler, Tyler, what's up, man? N- nice to see you. Uh Usman, appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining. Now, Mark has an interesting comment here. He said, Don't I don't think any of these guys will be available on waivers in a 12-man league, right. to be honest. Now, and I want to address this, and I think Mark, I appreciate your comment, man. Uh, but but here's the thing with with with, with this, right? Every league is different. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is, uh, you know, spanning across all leagues. Now, yes, it will Rondell Moore be more likely to be uh, available in a 10 man league for sure. Most 12 man leagues, I would probably say that, yeah, like, you know, Rondell Moore will most likely, especially competitive leagues. If you know what you're doing, Rondell Moore is probably going to be rostered. Right. But 
I, I think one of the reasons why Rondell Moore is available in a lot of leagues is like, yeah, people do draft him. But like there might be some more exciting looking players on the waiver wire. People drop guys. Rondell Moore might have been dropped, you know, just because they want to pick up somebody else like, a, you know, somebody more exciting. Right, like mm-hmm. a Romeo Doves or like Isaiah Pacheco or all of these guys that be like, oh, like you got to stash these guys, and then they draft guys, they they drop guys like Rondell Moore. Um, but yeah, like listen, we are kind of we're trying to address all leagues, okay. And when we're talking about waiver wire pickups, where is the line that we draw? Is it under forty percent? Right? Is it under fifty? And in my opinion, it should be under fifty percent uh, because a lot of these guys are actually available in a lot of leagues. And and I totally get in your league if they're not available, but they are available in a lot of leagues. And we're gonna get, and that's why we have twenty of these guys, and not just the top ten. Right. Um, you know, to kind of go over. And if you see my waiver wire article later in the day, you'll see even more. So hopefully, somebody in this top twenty will be available in your waiver wire, and you can potentially improve your team that way. Okay. Uh, Usman agrees with me. That is true. Okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, man. All right. So let's move on. So Traylon Burks is number two. Traylon Burks, obviously roster in a lot of leagues as well, but I'm surprised at this one, to be honest with you. He was like right at 50%. Rondo Moore was like at 40%. Mm-hmm. Traylon Burks is like 50-50. This one surprises me, dude, because it's like, and I understand, like, I totally understand what Traylon Burks is like. He was a first round pick. Okay. And there, there is potential for him to be used right away. And I know the sentiment around him, like we were talking about yesterday, is that, you know, all offseason, you know, it was it's taken a while for him to cr- crack that starting lineup. But mm-hmm. that does not mean that he should be on waivers, okay? The, the fact <laughs> is that they need playmakers on that offense outside of Derrick Henry. Uh, and Burks is their best shot at that. So if they're wise, they figure out how to use him. And reports are that they will be using him right away, and that makes sense. Um, now he might not have been my favorite wide receiver prospect in this class, like among like that group of like London, Olave, Garrett Wilson, you know. Uh, but mm-hmm. like he's potentially walking into some major opportunity here. Like, I just don't want this preseason process to blind me from that possibility, right? And right. Uh, I'm like I, like I'm with Jamar this, Chase last year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like listen, Jamar Chase is a different case because Jamar well, Chase yeah, is absolutely. Like a legit, different different like, players, yeah. Yeah, he is like a one-of-one type of prospect, you know, and I don't think Traylon Burks is that, but he has serious playmaking ability, and we all know that, you know, even though he's not like, you know, maybe like the best separator on the outside or whatever the case may be, Uh, but there's no way that he could be on waivers on any league, in any league. You got to have him in week one, see how they use him, Uh, because, you know, if if he explodes in week one, like, are you going to be surprised? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you're gonna be like, oh, I should have known. I shouldn't have followed all that preseason, you know, stuff. And it's good to know that stuff, but at the same time, like look at the guys in front of him. There is a clear path for him to be in the starting lineup and to get a bunch of targets. Right. And this is a guy that we were talking about right after the draft, saying, Oh, this guy is walking right in all this opportunity. He can be, you know, offensive rookie of the year. And people were predicting that. And that was based off of what we've seen in college. And, you know, nobody thought that was crazy or out of the realm of possibility. And now suddenly he has a couple rough preseason games. And the third one wasn't even that bad. He is actually pretty promising. You know, everybody got kind of got turned off to Traylon Burks. He was being drafted, I think, in most leagues a lot higher than he is now. And it's kind of weird to think about because that last like for me that last performance kind of indicates that you know he's getting it together and he's going in a season they're talking about using him a lot and the fact that he's flying around on waivers is kind of surprising to me now it really in most is. of the leagues in most of the leagues i'm in he's not but um any chance that i can get to pick him up absolutely because he's not someone that you're going to pick up and be like or at least i'm assuming you're not going to pick up and have to start immediately and if he does well you don't get hurt so, <laughs> um, yeah there's, I mean, like we, we've talked about Robert Woods. We've kind of talked about this a lot. You know, Robert Woods is on the offense, and he's good, not great. He's not going to be a fantasy monster. Um, Brian Tannehill has to throw to somebody, and if it's going to be anybody making plays, it's going to be Traylon Burks. He's young, and it'll just be interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm no, with well, Traylon Burks on that. 100%, man. And, and, and just to say this, too, like, you're right. He's not available in any of my leagues either, right? Like, I, right. Out of out of this entire top ten, and we're gonna have a top twenty too, eleven through twenty as well. Out of this entire top ten, I would say the only guys who are available in a in a couple of my leagues is Khalil Herbert. Mm-hmm. I would say and uh, Jarvis Landry. I think those might be in maybe Wandale, but mostly not. Those are right. the guys. But like you know, 
I don't if you're in my leagues, league. Wandale isn't there. Yeah, especially <laughs> yours, dude. 100%. 100%. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Isaiah McKenzie. I had Isaiah McKenzie at number one, and then Zach told me not to put him there. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> here's, it was like for me with Isaiah McKenzie, it's like now that Cole Beasley's out of the way, you know, McKenzie's likely going to be close to an every down player out of the slot, you know, as long as it's a competitive game for the Bills and and they don't, you know, completely shut down and then go into two wide receiver sets. Those are the games that Cole Beasley didn't do anything. So if you're wondering why, like, he was so, like, either doing something or not, like, that was the reason why. Like, in games where they went up big at halftime, Cole Beasley wasn't used much in the second half. Uh, but in full PPR leagues, I think he'll be a solid flex play. Um, now, he was a little bit banged up, but he was listed as a full participant in practice on Monday. Uh, right. So he's good to go for Thursday night for the kickoff. And uh, this seems to me like it's going to be a pretty competitive game between those two guys, uh, between those two teams. So it seems like he's going to get a, a plenty of run in that game. Yeah, no, no I hear you. Um, for me, you, you said about having him at number one. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I'm not too big about having Isaiah McKenzie at the top of my list for waiver wires. It's just because, you know, Gabe Davis is there. You got Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox even. And it's really easy, I think, to be enamored because it's like, okay, this is a fantastic offense. You know, Josh Allen, he's throwing the ball. They're going to be throwing it a ton. And it's just a dynamic offense. It's really easy to kind of get sucked in and be like, yeah, I'll take Isaiah McKenzie as like the bargain barrel Bills receiver. But for me, you know, I'd rather have Traylon Burks because he has a better shot, I think, at being a wide receiver one of the Titans, even though it's not Josh Allen throwing the ball, than say Isaiah McKenzie has a shot at being wide receiver two, even. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that I don't think Isaiah McKenzie could be set up for success. It's not that I don't think Isaiah McKenzie isn't going to see those Cole Beasley type games where he's suddenly targeted, you know, eight, 10 times just out of nowhere and then cools off again. He'll have those games. But for me, it's just, I'm not betting on that this week, especially with this injury. It kind of has me. It's not that I don't think he's going to play. It's just that the first week, it might be the breaking in week. He might have to knock off a little rust, that kind of stuff. Um, with the injury, they might take it a little bit easier on him because it's week one. There's no need to be playing everybody unless you're like you know trying to win the game late um he'll play i'm not saying he's not going to play but i don't think it's going to be too urgent especially if the bills are winning you know i don't think Isaiah McKenzie is going to be that guy to start i'm starting him this week for sure starting now, this week? I, I i i would like if i listen if i'm in a 12 team ppr league uh and i'm starting three wide receivers and a flex or two I would be fine putting him in the flex. Okay, as a flex. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, as a flex. Yes. Now, I think he's. I, I don't. I wouldn't. He's not going to be in my top thirty-six wide receivers this right. week, right? Uh, I'm not done with my rankings, but he wouldn't be in my top thirty-six. He could be in my top forty-five. You know, I can see mm -hmm. that. You know, I can see that happening. He could That's be a wide receiver four. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think I think there is a chance that he could potentially get. You know there are going to be games where he's going to get, you know, eight, nine targets. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of him in standard or half, even half point PPR leagues. I'm only interested right. in him in full PPR leagues because his, his depth of target will likely not be down the field. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Jahan Johnson. Number four, um, you know, another first round pick who can contribute right away. Right. We've talked about him all off season. Uh, someone who's been standing out in camp, someone who can be part of a very tight, target distribution between between him and terry mclaurin uh yeah. you know if there are two clear guys at the top here and there's a possibility that each of them can get 20 percent plus target share like that's the hope right that's what you want yeah um you know so he's playing over curtis samuel right now uh you know he is a bet on talent he's a bet on draft capital um and you know by all accounts in camp like he's been lighting up so uh, mm -hmm. And by the way, like he was able to produce in college with his own, you know, shitty quarterback, you know, at Penn State. So he's used yeah. to the shitty quarterback situation. You know, he's with one right now. Um, and, you know, you never know. Sam Howell might end up. By the way, Sam Howell, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Sam Howell, you know, he's he's impressing, you right. know, and there is a possibility that we might see him at some point this season over Carson Wentz. So that that will be pretty interesting. Uh, also, Carson Wentz isn't having a good didn't have a good camp, apparently. Um, but, uh, we'll see how that goes, but yeah, man, I think, I think, you know, Jahan Dawson, somebody that, you know, he's obviously going pretty late in drafts compared to all the other rookies makes sense in you know, a quarterback situation and all that. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes listen, look at what happened with, uh, Jalen Waddle last year. Like, were you going into the season? Like, Oh my God, his quarterback situation is, situation is great. No, it's because Jalen Waddle was a good receiver. <laughs> so yeah. he got it done. Right. 
so and I understand it's a different situation because, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin is the clear number one over there. That's what we think. So yeah. uh, a little bit different situation. But, you know, if a wide receiver is good, they usually find a way to produce. Right. Absolutely. I'm with you. Um, the other thing that I'm kind of looking at, especially like, you know, we talk about waiver wire pickups for this week. The commanders play the Jaguars week one. Am I, am, I, am I not mistaken? That sounds like a pretty good matchup to me. Um, granted, Carson Wentz had his struggles last last season, last week of the season against the Jaguars with the Colts, you know, but we're not talking about that right now. Um, but Jahan Dotson, I think he's set up to be the immediate wide receiver too in Washington. I don't think that Curtis Samuel is going to challenge him very much. Um, the tight end, you know, Logan Thomas, I don't know if he's playing, um, but if it's not Logan Thomas, it's somebody that's not going to be too relevant, you know, if it's not Terry McLaurin catching a ball, who who's going to be catching a ball? I don't think it's going to be Antonio Gibson. It might be J.D. McKissick, but they're not going to be targeting J.D. McKissick 15 yards down the field like Jahan Dotson. So this one is an easy, easy waiver wire pickup for me. And actually somebody, you know, I draft late. And like, I, I'm surprised he even makes it to the waiver in some leagues because I, I'm just high on him. He's a solid, like, and I keep calling him solid. And you don't want to be like undercutting him saying that he's just a solid receiver and that's it. Now, He's very good fundamentally when you watch him play. And I think that is what kind of makes him, you know, you say he's been dealing with a crappy quarterback situation. That's what kind of makes him quarterback proof where he will produce regardless of who's starting at quarterback. Um, I think it'll be fine with Carson Wentz. If Sam Howell goes in, that would be exciting. I do like Sam Howell. And I think that, you know, he, I don't want to say that he's going to elevate the offense, but you know, it should, it would be interesting to see what kind of upside Jahan Dotson has, but even with Carson Wentz at quarterback, I mean, this is, this one's just kind of screaming for me. Just pick him up. You can't get hurt. Faraz, I think you're on mute. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Welcome back. Oh, my. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> so I took a little break. You know what I'm saying? It's like a little break. Just wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, you know, the production size is all good. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, but just seeing I, if we're awake. That's all. Yeah, yeah. No, I am awake. I, I did wake up really early this morning, but yeah, yeah, that's another you. that's another story. Um, number five is Shy White, man. Like he's a league winning handcuff, right? That's that's reason that's the reason why I have him here. He's the type of guy that mm-hmm. should be on rosters. Like I want him on my bench. I'm stashing him all year long. Okay. Uh if Fournette were to get hurt, White has a shot at winning you your league. Right, so yeah. like these type of guys shouldn't be on the waiver wire. Like if you you, you pick him up, you don't drop him. Like if you drafted him, don't drop him. We and we might see glimpses of his upside if this report of the Bucks wanting to lighten Lenny's workload is true, you know. But by mm-hmm. then it might be too late to try to pick him up, especially if he looks good. So, you know, he's a potential elite receiver out of the backfield, and he's on an elite offense. Right, and I, and I know you loved him coming out of college too. You know, even I did. before he went I did. to the Bucks. Alvin Kamara vibes. Yeah, yeah. We had that one post. I remember that. But yeah, with Rashad White, you know, this is just a classic case of handcuff. But because he has, he's so young, you know, and he has, a, he's on, he would be on a great offense if anything happens. This is definitely edging on that elite handcuff territory. And you don't want to talk about it, obviously, just yet, because obviously we don't want Leonard Fournette to get hurt. But at the same time, you also don't know how he's going to pan out. But we've seen what he's done in college, you know. Um, you can bet on him for free, you know, pick him up as a waiver. You can bet on him. And if it works out for you, great. If not, you know, there's no, no problem having an insurance player like that on your bench. Just don't do your whole bench up with handcuffs and that's it. You know what I'm saying? I love that strategy. I'll have, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I mean, I, I do love like having like a good portion of my bench, like maybe like two spots as like potential three down handcuffs. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you know, we'll talk about Khalil Herbert at number seven in a minute. But like, if I got, if I have like a Rashad White and a Khalil Herbert, like let's say I have six bench spots, right? So I have you know four bench spots that are guys that I could plug in if I need to, and then maybe mm-hmm. two of those bench spots I might have as like three down handcuffs, like Khalil Herbert or Rashad White. Um, that's kind of how I like to do it because you never know what happens, right? Like you have these guys on your bench just as like potential, like you know, league winning guys, uh, just kind of are just at the ready to potentially blow up, you know, if there was an injury ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Christian Watson at number six. Now, you might be surprised that I didn't put Romeo Dubs here instead because he's available in a bunch of leagues as well. But 
Watson was banged up, right, all offseason, right? He's back now. He's practicing. Aaron Rodgers is already talking to him up a little bit um, you know, on Pat McAfee. But uh, Watson was the guy uh, that they took, right, early second round. We know yeah. that he has a freak, freak skill set, right? His combine and his athletic profile and all that is just, like, off the charts, right? Um, now, you might have to be a little bit patient with him, right? He has tremendous upside, obviously, but he did miss camp. He's coming in a little bit late. Coming in from the FCS, he does have it like you know Matt Lafleur literally just talked about it. He still has a lot to learn, um, mm-hmm. but they're trying to they're trying to you know bring him up to speed pretty quickly. Um, and I think even if he doesn't know the entire playbook, I think he can still contribute. So, you know, I'll have Romeo Dubs a few spots down, and and I'll say this: I think Dubs has a better chance at being more valuable uh, in Week One, right? Like mm-hmm. after Week One, you might think like, all right, Dubs is the guy, right? But, yeah. you know, he'll probably – and Dubs will probably get more playing time. Like, Watson missed a bunch of time during camp. Dubs can have a decent game this week, uh, especially if Alan Lazard misses, by the way, because uh, he's a little bit banged up with an undisclosed injury. We'll find out more about that on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. And you figure Sammy Watkins is probably going to be starting for them too. Like, he's the guy that no one's talking about because he always yeah. disappoints in fantasy. Um, Except in week you one. Know. You know, this could be the – Second week second one, that's third his, coming up. That's, week one, Sammy Watkins. You know? <laughs> for sure, maybe we're overlooking sure. this. <laughs> we probably are. He should probably be in like all your DFS lineups, right? Right. Um, but Watson does have a chance to play this week. Um, and if and even if Dotson doesn't, if if Watson doesn't play, um, Dubs, you know, you might want to roster Dubs. Like, let's say both these guys are available, you might want to roster Dubs before week one if Watson doesn't play. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have the choice between the two, right? Because Dubs will simply be more valuable after week one. And if Dubs doesn't do anything after week one, even after getting some playing time with a couple of guys out, then you might know that you might want to invest in Christian Watson instead. And Christian Watson's value won't change if he doesn't play in week one. So no one's going to be racing to pick him up off the wave of wire, if that makes sense. Right. Because, Because there's the chance, you know, that, you know, he could play week one. So if no one's running and trying to get that piece of Christian Watson, you know, now it's not going to change in a week. You're absolutely right with that. Um, I think that it's just me. I would pick Christian Watson up as talent. I wouldn't actually, you know, me personally, I'm not chasing Romeo dubs. I'm chasing Christian Watson. If I'm going to go pick up a Packers receiver, just because he's such a freak athlete. And I think that Christian Watson is going to be closer and I'm not comparing him to Devontae Adams, but would be closer to the more the dynamic level of play of Devonta Adams for Aaron Rodgers than Romeo Dubs is going to be. I think Dubs is more of a, you know, quarterback friendly kind of guy. But you know, it, it's really difficult to project. I'm betting on you know capital draft capital with Christian Watson and what I know from his athletic profile because we know Dubs isn't necessarily you know gold when it comes to his athletic profile. So I would go with Christian Watson. I agree with Christian Watson higher than Romeo Dubs. Yeah, right. And uh, this is a question from SJ Creation. Rashad White or Christian Watson? Both are available in my league as free agents. Uh, and Rashad White's number five here. Christian Watson's number <laughs> six. So right. I'll probably go Rashad White. And, you know, I just want that elite handcuff on my bench. Um, you know, wide receivers, you know, you can get more likely to be available as the season goes on. These type of high upside guys, you know, Rashad White, especially if anything were to happen for net, you have a league winner. Christian Watson is not necessarily – you know, the the archetype of a league winner at this point right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want him on my team, but I think I'd rather have a shot white right now. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Khalil Herbert, number seven. Khalil Herbert, too, like one of those guys. Simply put, three-down handcuff. We saw that in uh, in the preseason, you know, for David Montgomery. So there aren't too many of those on the waiver wire. So we saw right. Herbert, you know, was able to hold it down last year. You know, he was able to do his thing when he got his opportunity solid stash he's somebody that you know you have on your bench just in case montgomery gets hurt yeah absolutely and just one thing to note for me with Khalil herbert is that he's been with the bears at least a season or two compared to other guys like you know you said there aren't too many three down handcuffs like you compare him to Rashad white he is a rookie we don't know how they're playing to implement him but we know we have an idea of how Khalil herbert might be used as we've seen him and you know how he might go about you know producing so I, I, I'm a little bit more comfortable comfortable picking up like a guy over Khalil Herbert over like Tyler Algier, who we're going to talk about. But, um, you know, those rookies, we haven't really seen them play. And it inspires a little bit more confidence in me taking a guy that I've seen play, that I've seen used, and that 
you know, can definitely produce the way I want him to if as a handcuff, should anything happen to Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Algier. He comes in at number eight. Uh, you know, if he's available and I have the room, you know, I'd love to see what his role is in week one, right? Like we mm-hmm. don't know what that's look what that looks like. And you know, sometimes you have the room and you're able to put a guy on your bench, see what the usage is. And if you if it's not great, you can drop him or, or you can be patient. It's up to you. But you know, I know there's a thought of Damian Williams being ahead of him on early downs right now, but Damian Williams isn't that good, right? And Algier can be a monster on early downs. So that's what I want to see. I want to see what his role is. If he's the early down guy, what's the split looking like? Um, because I think he can be pretty good if he's given the opportunity. Right. And, and no, I hear you. I think that he's going to make his money as a goal linebacker, if anything. Um, you know, you mentioned Damian Williams, but also Cordero Patterson. I don't know how that he's going to be implemented. You know, the end of last season kind of was him coming back down to earth where, you know, we saw the splits early in the season. Cordero Patterson was surprising everybody and he looked ageless. But then, you know, back after the season, he was pretty inefficient, didn't score too many points. And now I, I saw reports somewhere. It's like he's focusing on chasing the kick return record, kick return touchdown record. And that might result in him getting a few touches lowered from the in the backfield. So, you know, you talk about Damon Williams, but Cordero Patterson is also there. It's kind of looking like i don't want to call it three-headed monster but it's just one of those backfields where it's like you're not sure exactly who's going to get what touches but i'd actually bet on tyler algier to get those touches that are going to be the most valuable not necessarily maybe the passing game but you know money money downs it'll be goal line it'll be red zone those kinds of plays i'm I'm all, all in on tyler algier yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a good backfield to attack. Like like I, I talk about, there's a lot of ambiguity here. Um, yeah. And there is a potential drop-off in talent, right? And and I don't think Damian Williams is, like, a great run, a good running back. So, you know, he's he's okay. Like, he he'll, he can get it done with opportunity. Uh, yeah. But I do think that this could turn into Algier on early downs, Cordell Patterson, you know, on passing downs type of situation. Now, if he's only the early down back, like, there's obviously limited upside you know, given mm-hmm. Atlanta might not be the best offense. So just keep that in mind, right? Uh, but, you know, there is there is some value to be had in an early down guy if he's getting 15-plus carries, and if Atlanta is in a game, the chance to get 20, right? Like, But yeah. is he going to be too involved in the pass game? We don't know. He was a capable pass catcher at BYU, okay? Mm-hmm. He wasn't – and he was not overly efficient, but he was able to catch the ball pretty effectively, okay? Um, all right, let's move on to your boy, Wando Robinson. I have yeah. my number nine. Is he too low? Um, I don't want to say he's too low. The thing I love Wando Robinson. I hate the offense he's on, but the <laughs> opportunity is going to be there. So it, it's for me, you know, I don't want to bet, say that, you know, I'm betting on opportunity. That's it. Wando Robinson is very talented. And that's why I like, I saw what he played and the jet, not the jets, the giants obviously like him. Cause they took him in the second round, which was much higher than we thought. He would go, I don't know, before the draft was going on. So he he's a little undersized, but I look at the Giants offense, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to be a non-factor. I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't think he's going to be much of a factor at all. And he does Agreed. have Daniel Jones throwing to him, but just the volume's going to be there. He's obviously a playmaker. Like I said, the Giants, I think they honestly bet on him, take him in the second round, and they clearly plan to use him. He's going to be working opposite Kadarius Tony. Like, there's no... There's nothing telling me that he's not going to do well, if that makes sense. Yeah, and also Daniel Jones, like, is fine. Like, he's targeting the slot just fine. Like, when Sterling Shepard, you know, was running out of the slot early last year, he was killing it, you know? Right. Sterling Shepard was, like, almost like he was a guy, like, you, you cannot bench, like, early on last year. So, you know, Wanda Robinson, he's going to be their starting slot wide receiver. You know, he's a first-rounder. Wait, was he first mm-hmm. round or second round? He was second round. He was second, second round, round, right? And, and, and there's a chance, like, he is heavily targeted, right? Um, I, I think that chance is pretty yeah, high because we talked yeah. about, you know, the preseason. K- Kenny Galladay was on the field with Daniel Jones for, I think it was 20-some snaps, 22 or 27 snaps, and he didn't get a single look. And Which Daniel Jones was just was just looking for everybody else but Kenny Galladay. So, and these guys you know, weren't even t- playing. Right. I like, know. These other he, guys weren't even playing. Like, Galladay was the, it was the only, like, legitimate, like, like quote-unquote legitimate bona fide receiver you want to call who was starter, on yeah. the field with them. Uh, Wandell was, I don't think he was on the field. Kadarius Tony wasn't on the field. So, like, mm-hmm. why are you not targeting Gallaudet? It's probably because he's not worth targeting. Yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying. And it's just Wandell Robinson, I feel like, has the chance to step right in and almost be like the Kadarius Tony for the Giants, just 
again this year like he was last year, if that makes sense. I'm all in on Wando. Now, if Kadarius Tony stays healthy, like he'd be my bet to lead the Giants in targets. Well, yeah. But but the man seems to stay banged up, right? Like that's <laughs> and that's kind of where Robinson comes in for me. So taking a shot to see what his usage looks like in week one. Uh it might get a little tricky, you know, when Kadarius Tony is healthy and he's getting a full complement of snaps. Uh, but as of right now, he's definitely worth taking a shot on to see how they use him. Mm-hmm. And here, um, it looks like Usman put something in the chat. You know, the way we talk about Robinson makes him feel iffy about Tony. I'm not trying to make anybody feel iffy about Tony. I'm trying to get people tuned in on Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's and no it's reason like, to be worried about Tony. And I'll say this. Who would I rather roster on the Giants, among the Giants wide receivers? It's Tony. And it's not close mm-hmm. for me because I don't think Wandale has the type of upside that Tony has. Okay, Tony, you know, listen, I wasn't the big fan, big fan of Tony at all coming out of college because uh, he's su- super raw, right? Like he was, bi- he only played wide receiver for a couple years in his life. So like mm-hmm. him coming in, uh, you know, it wasn't a big fan. However, he completely changed his game last year um, and his yards per route run were all the way up there. There's a lot of indicators with Kadarius Tony that could, that points him to being a potential superstar. So his upside is like right. top 12 wide receiver. Like I'm talking about like at some point in his career. So that's the guy that I want. However, <laughs> he, he gets banged up a lot. And yeah. that's my only issue with him. So Wandale is, is that guy that you kind of have on your roster who can coincide with Tony because Tony is likely going to play on the outside anyway. Um, and then on top of that, you have, uh, you know, Wandell potentially being second in targets, you know, obviously Saquon's going to get a bunch of targets as well. Uh, but he's kind of that insurance plan just in case Tony doesn't work out. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Jarvis Landry. Like we've talked about this before, um, you know, with Jarvis, uh, but he's maintained a 25% target share since 2015 every single year. Okay. So I don't want to assume that he's just lost in the shuffle in new Orleans. Like I'm not going to hold, you know, hold that Cleveland offense against him, uh, given that the passing game was an afterthought here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like over there, like they didn't care about the pass game. It was all run game. And if they had to pass it, they'll pass it. Like it was a weird offense. Um, yeah. you know, like OBJ killed it. Like as soon as he got to the Rams, like it was like, he was never on the Browns. Like we didn't even, we couldn't even remember how bad he was there. Um, he couldn't get anything going in Cleveland. And now Landry is paired with a very fantasy friendly quarterback. So, I, I I understand that he's not the most exciting player to have on your roster, but like I think he could surprise and I think he'd be very useful. And I would not be surprised if he ends up turning into an every week wide receiver three at some point this season. Right, so, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Jarvis Landry, he's he's very savvy with his route running, and you know he's home in New Orleans, and he's with a much better you know from a fantasy perspective quarterback than he was on the Browns, but. You know, the only thing that kind of has red flags for me is, like I said, Michael Thomas is there. And if he comes back and he's anything close to what he was, you know, that's a target machine. Chris Olave, they drafted in the first round. And I actually really like him, especially because he's young. And, you know, Jameis Winston is going to have just as much experience throwing to Chris Olave as he does Jarvis Landry. I think if he's going to lean one way, he's going to take the younger guy, the faster guy, the guy that might be more you know, improvisational. Yeah. Explosive, that kind of thing. So that kind of has me leaning away from Jarvis Landry. But then, you know, you look, like you said about his target share, it's always there regardless of where he's been. And he's a name that kind of has respect around the league. You know, that he's a, he's a good receiver. He just hasn't produced recently because, and I I put most of that on the Browns. The name is really the only thing that kind of carries it for me and lets him, lets me say, okay, maybe he's worth the pickup because, you know, he could get back to what he was with the Dolphins back when he started his career. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm okay with Jarvis Landry, especially at 10. You know, it, it's all right. Um, but, yeah, and, and he's not I, like there are super other guys. I'd rather have yet. Wondell Robinson. Yeah, no, he's not super Yeah, old. he's not super old. He's I mean, he's 29 old. years old. Yeah, he's 29. Like, he's going to turn 30 in November. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not there yet. Now, and I totally agree with you. Like, would I rather have Michael Thomas? Yes. Would I rather have Chris Olave? For sure. Um, but I think there is would a I rather path have Jahan Thomas. Dotson? Yes. Yeah. Me yeah. Personally. No, for sure. <laughs> that's and that's why Landry's at number ten here, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These these all these picks are in order, and I and I know that there's some questions in the chat too about like who should I take, and then these these are in order. So these are the, this is the order that I would pick these guys up if they're available. Um, but uh, I think 
you know, there we there is a path here also, right? Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. like, not completely trustworthy right now. I'm fine taking Michael Thomas at his price in drafts, um, but the risk is baked into his price. Now, there then there is risk there. So if anything happens to Michael Thomas, if he's not available for whatever reason, Landry should definitely be on on your radar. Um, and he could be he could be a contributor right away. And I wouldn't be surprised if he contributes before Chris Olave. Um, I think Chris Olave is a great talent, but listen, we've seen this before. We've seen veterans, you know, do their thing, you know, if they're on the roster before rookie wide receivers. Uh, we're just so used to some of these really good rookie wide receivers coming in and doing their thing right away. It doesn't right. always happen. Um, even though I would love for Chris Olave to do it because he's super explosive and could do a lot of big things with Jameis Winston, you know. But yeah. Chris Olave isn't available in a lot of leagues, or mm-hmm. if any. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the, the next set. So we're gonna go through eleven through twenty now. Um, so let me let me go ahead and share that real quick. Let's see. Let's see if I can I can do this properly. Let's let's. Oh, that's us. <laughs> that's us. All right. Um, there we go. All right. There we go. So coming out of number eleven is Romeo Dubs, and we kind of touched on this situation a little bit earlier. I don't think we have to go too much into that. But Romeo Dubs, you know, obviously he was killing it right in camp um there mm-hmm. are a few wide receivers like i mentioned there are a few packers wide receivers banged up we might see dubs get a little bit more playing time that we initially uh, that we were initially anticipating right um so he obviously great camp great preseason rogers has been talking highly of him we'll see if he can put it together against better competition now right legit number right. one defenses good competition so solid wide receiver to have on your bench in week one to see what he got you know when the lights come on uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Let's see how much playing time he gets. It'll be interesting to see. Right, definitely. And just my one disclaimer, especially you know for Week One waiver wire, you're picking up these players maybe to keep on your bench a couple weeks. Like just because it's a player isn't a long term stash that you see here, doesn't mean that you shouldn't like keep them on your bench even if they don't perform in Week One. Like this Packers, like especially with the Packers, you know, I feel like the receivers can go any way every week. You know, Sammy Watkins might have a big week one, and then, you know, Romeo Dubs doesn't do much week one. You'll be like, oh, well, I don't need this guy on my team. You drop him, and then he has a huge week two. Like, yeah. with waivers, that's kind of the game you play. If you're going to pick someone up, don't just drop him immediately the next week, unless they're, like, injured, obviously. But, you know, usually you're picking up a player to keep them on your bench, stash them, and then if if it works out, that's good. You give them more than just this week one. Because week one is all about, overreactions and overproduction in some cases for some players so don't just take like week one as you know scripture and that's how it's going to be the rest of the season give them a little bit of time and that's why i'm talking about romeo dubs and christian watson they could go anyway sammy watkins is there there's so many different ways to play out don't panic if you're gonna pick these guys up keep them on your bench at least i'd say week two no, for sure. That's a great point. And, you know, some things to, to keep in mind, too. It's like when you when you don't see their production, look at how they were used. What was their snap percentage? Were they on the field? How many routes right. were they running? Were they even involved? Who was playing ahead of them? Those type of things can play into your decision of whether you drop those guys after week one or not. Um, if you did that, you would have dropped Justin Jefferson after week one. You would have dropped him after week two. And then week three, he blew up, and it was a rat from there, and now you're super sad. Alva Kamara. Same thing. Right. Like a lot of these guys start slow a little bit and then they pick it up week three, week four. Happens all the time. One guy that could potentially pop off week one is Alec Pierce. He comes in at number 12. Um, second round guy made his way up the depth chart all the way, you know, that w- to what seems like number two on the depth chart behind Michael Pittman. Him and right. Paris Campbell have been fighting for that job. But I can totally see Pierce being the wide receiver to opposite Pittman at this point while, Ke- uh, while uh, Campbell's in the slot. And I have Campbell down at 18. Um, or do I have him at 18? Where do I have him? I don't think I even you have him. Oh, I have Campbell him at 19, 19. there. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason I have Pierce first is because I think he'll be the guy when the Colts go to wide receivers, uh, when, they ha- when they're in 12 personnel, which they do a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. He might not be the guy who ends up leaving the field a whole lot. So, you know, if a guy is a number two wide receiver for Matt Ryan on a potentially good offense, you know, might want to have that guy on your bench you know, to see what's up, especially since they've been making a little bit of noise uh, in the offseason. Right, definitely. And for me, Alec Pierce, his position here on the waiver wire, even the fact that he is a waiver wire, 
uh, target for us is pretty much contingent on the fact that Matt Ryan is there. And, you know, Matt Ryan isn't a Trump throwing the ball, but he's going to have a much better offensive line than he did in Atlanta. And we've seen Matt Ryan, like back 2016, he had like the heyday of his career. He he was just slinging it. He can throw. He was uh, granted he was throwing to Julio Jones, but Julio Jones was very good. And I'm sure there were guys behind him that were getting plenty of targets, plenty of uh, production, you know, outside of Julio Jones on those teams. And that's what yes. I kind of expect to see this year because Michael Pittman, you know, I'm not going to call Michael Pittman and Julio Jones, but they're of the same mold. You know, they're both big receivers, Julio Jones and Michael Pittman. So he'll, Matt Ryan might feel more at home, you know, here now that he obviously he wasn't very good last season in Atlanta because he didn't have Julio, but Julio's interesting. He's an interesting case. I'm going off on a bunch of tangents about different players, but the whole point <laughs> is I, I'm getting tied up in the Julio talk because suddenly he's a good again. He's on the box. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like people are actually looking at, you know, t- picking him up, but Matt Ryan, you know, he, he can throw it and he's going to be in a much better situation than he was the past few years. I think people might be discounting that Alec Pierce as a wide receiver too, definitely has the opportunity to outperform definitely where he's being drafted. No, for sure, man, for sure. And, you know, you talk about all these wide receivers who play with Matt Ryan, who was extremely fantasy-friendly over the seasons. You got, right. you know, you got Julio, you got Calvin Ridley, you got um, Russell Gage. Uh, Russell Gage. Uh, <laughs> you have, man, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm blank. I'm, I, Roddy I'm, White. I'm, I'm, I'm rel- <laughs> relatively old. Yeah, there you go. Roddy White is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's more. And I'm I'm old, and I can't remember it, which is super sad. Um but there are there were other guys. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I woke up way too, way too early this morning. I, I need another cup of coffee. That's what I need. see. I don't have my cup of coffee with me. I only have a, a glass of bad. water. Um, yeah. That's what I need. I, that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow, guys. That's what I'm gonna do for sure. Um, so so let's move on to Mike Davis. Like J.K. Dobbins, he he's looking a little iffy for Week One. Um, yeah. You know he might not play. It, there is a possibility that he does, but he might not. Gus Edwards is on the pup, so he's not playing. The Ravens mm-hmm. did sign Kenyon Drake. But I do not expect Kenyon Drake to play over Mike Davis. If Dobbins right. is in fact out, I think Davis is in the RB2 conversation this week. And if Dobbins does play, I still think Davis will be very involved. Um, and I think he'll be a desperate flex if you need one for you know whatever reason in week one. You likely don't need a desperate flex in week one unless you have like three wide receivers, two flexes, you're starting two running backs also, then sure, mm-hmm. I can understand why you would start Mike Davis. Um, if if um, Jacob Dobbins were to play, if Jacob Dobbins doesn't play, I feel like it's going to be the Mike Davis show for the most part. Right. Uh, you know, for me, Mike Davis, I agree. Desperate, desperate flex. You know, I'm not betting on him doing too much. Granted, he might be the starter in Baltimore, and this is a run-heavy offense. But what we've seen from Mike Davis in the past few years is – just a floor guy. This guy, he, he, I don't see very much upside with him. He has, it's like at the end of the day, I'm sitting back, I'm looking at Mike Davis with his 11.2 fantasy points in relief. And I'm like, you know, it was a good effort. Like it, it's not anything that's going to wow me. I don't think that Mike Davis has the value that um, I'm looking for necessarily in a waiver wire pickup. I'd much rather shoot for upside of another player. He's a little bit older. Um, like I said, he's a floor guy. You can take him as a waiver if you need someone to start. Like only if you need somebody to start this yeah, week. If if you have JK Dobbins. <laughs> like then right. you might want to consider were, if you were depending up. yeah, if you were depending on JK and then you didn't draft like a Chase Edmonds or like a you know someone like that or like someone who you can plug in, then in those situations then you might have to pick up Mike Davis. But yeah, you you're right. Like this is only if you need the, for this week. You want to pick up guys who can potentially pop off in week 1 and then mm-hmm. you can use the rest of the season. Right, not guys who right. you can plug in in week one, and then you know I, I might I might rather just take the L, you know, in that in that position, um, <laughs> you know, rather than picking up Mike Davis. But it really depends on your situation. It yeah, so and that's what I said. we have Mike Davis on the list for a reason. It's because he's in line for technically RB one opportunity in Baltimore in week one. If that's the way the cards fall, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't start, that's obviously worth taking a shot on. But you know, I, I personally like shooting upside other ways. But there's a reason he's on those, this list. You can pick him up. You'll be fine. I wouldn't expect him to be very fantasy relevant outside the pe- the first few weeks. After that, 100. Like yeah. And if J.K. Dobbins is back week two, like yeah, it's a wrap. It's over because mm-hmm. Gus, Gus Edwards is going to come back at some point after week four, and he's going to be the RB two behind J.K. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on to Michael Gallup at number fourteen. He's coming off the ACL injury. 
but he shouldn't be on waivers. Okay. Like he avoided the pup list. And I think that's kind of like the hard part of it. Cause if he wasn't the pup, he'll be on everybody's IR in everyone's IR spot. Right. Yeah. Um, but he, he might be back in a couple of weeks. You know, he'll likely go straight to the top of the depth chart, right, right behind CD lamb. Um, you know, there will likely be a slight dip in production, you know, based on, wide receivers and them coming off of acls but he still should be able to contribute you know in a very fantasy friendly offense right mm-hmm. so you know you might have to wait a few weeks but i think he's worth the stash uh if you have six or more bench spots i think so definitely because this is a cowboys offense that's going to be throwing the ball an awful lot and you know cd lamb we want him to be hyper targeted but ultimately michael gallup's going to come back and Dak has a connection with michael gallup that you know we've seen plenty of times work wonders it's just because michael gallup hasn't been very healthy in his career that you know people don't talk about him more i feel like but michael gallup he's the cowboys wide receiver too and if you could get him on the waivers like oh my god oh maybe you don't have him week one big whoop you know we weren't expecting him to play week one anyway i wasn't expecting him to come back and maybe be available week two you know i thought this was more of a mid-season thing and that jalen tolbert would be the guy you know going in to start the season and then it would the value would flip, you know. Michael Gallup would have the same value as Jalen Tolbert did in the second half of the season, but that's clearly not the case. So, like Michael Gallup is back earlier than anyone would have expected, and this is, I, I think, the same Michael Gallup, unless he's drastically changed after his ACL. The same Michael Gallup that we've seen his whole career, you know, big play threat, and that's what we love to see. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't overvalue, you know, like I wouldn't overvalue the fact that like the first four weeks of the season, like. I'm not overvaluing that, right? Like, if you can hit mm-hmm. a stride by week four, week five, week six, like, that is more valuable because you'd rather have him for the stretch run, right? It's yeah. not like you need to depend on Michael Gallup anyway for the first five, six weeks. Like, you don't because you have you drafted a whole bunch of other guys before Michael Gallup that should be in your starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. He's a guy that could help you in the stretch down the stretch, though, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have Jalen Tolbert over there at number 16. I have Sky Moore right after Michael Gallup. Uh, I do think Sky Moore has a little bit more upside with Jalen Tolbert than Jalen Tolbert overall, but you you have to be more patient with Sky Moore. Sky Moore is a little bit more of a stash um, yeah. because Nicole Hardman is, you know, in the preseason, he was playing ahead of him still. So he might not, Moore might not see a bunch of playing time, even in three wide receiver stats, just stats, uh, you know, off the bat. But the hope is that he can beat Hardman, right? And be close to a full time player sooner than later. So, you know, you kind of want pieces of the Chiefs offense. Um, and, you know, on top of that, like Moore, you know, is an impressive wide receiver. You know, he was one of my favorite prospects coming out. He had a near like, you know, he had one of the best scores for me in my rookie draft kit. So I'm really right. I'm impressed with him. I just hope that he's able to, you know, you know, win that job, uh, you know, and he might be their, their slot guy and might get some work out of the backfield, too, at some point. Um, but I kind of want to round that out with Jalen Tolbert, though. Since we were talking about Michael Gallup, like I, no matter who, no matter who is on the outside, whether it's Noah Brown or Michael Gallup, right, coming back, like you know, it seems mm-hmm. to me like Tolbert, like no matter what, is locked into the Cowboys' starting slot role. Like that's what it's looking like right now, um, yeah. and, and that should have value regardless of who is in or out, whether Gallup is back or not. And uh, Tolbert, like I think he's a little bit of a sleeper right now. So you know, if he's available in your league, I stash this dude before Sunday. Yeah, no, I hear you. Tolbert was, you know, granted he was playing against FCS competition, but he was just tearing it up. You know what I'm saying? His stats were ridiculous. And he's on an offense that, you know, is going to, like I said, be throwing a lot and going back to Michael Gallup, that kind of thing. But, you know, just because CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup are getting targets doesn't mean that nobody else is going to get targets. Jalen Tolbert's going to be there. And, you know, I don't want to say he's going to be Cedric Wilson-esque in terms of um, production, but... I think Jalen Tolbert can do a lot more than Cedric Wilson did with the volume that Cedric Wilson got last season, if that makes sense. Five or six targets to Jalen Tolbert is going to turn into a lot more than five or six targets to Cedric Wilson. So Jalen Tolbert's definitely a bet on talent. You know, he had a iffy preseason, at least from what I heard. You know, he he had a couple drops and, you know, that's to be expected. He, He was a third round receiver and he's breaking a new offense, but this is an upside pick. I have no problem stashing him, but I, I wouldn't stash both Tolbert and Gallup on my offense, on my team if I was doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear that. I hear that. Now, Nico Collins is another wide receiver, interesting one. Um, you know, the wide receiver two job in Houston, you know, is open. Mm-hmm. Right, the Texans will likely be throwing the ball a ton this year. 
you know, with them being underdogs in most games. And apparently Collins has taken another step. But, you know, just be wary that, you know, he wasn't the best prospect coming out. Okay, so he wouldn't, he would be a little bit of an outlier if he does have like huge production this year. Like I would really just yeah. like focus on Brandon Cooks. Don't worry about Nico Collins taking anything away from him, right? It's more <laughs> like, can Nico Collins kind of take advantage of, of some opportunity, right? And him kind of yeah. having that job wide open, will he take advantage of that, right? That's, a, that's the question. But, you know, I think he's worth a stash, like if these other guys are, you know, are not available. Mm-hmm. And especially if Davis Mills, you know, is a good a quarterback. Forward. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I'd say e- even last season, he was actually impressive given the situation because he was, you know, thrown in the fire on a bad team and he actually was serviceable, I think, compared to what we've seen from other backups in Houston recently. So I think Davis Mills, it, obviously, Nico Collins' production will be contingent on Davis Mills being a pretty decent passer, but I- I'm yeah. willing to bet on that. I think Davis Mills, that I think the Texans overall could be a surprise team, especially with Damian Pierce, you know. Going back to Damian Pierce, um, he he's, looks to be the starter. And I think that having a nice engine in the run game, like Damian Pierce, will open up the pass game. And Nico Collins could definitely benefit from that. No, for sure. For sure. I, and you know what's funny? I actually moved Nico Collins down to 19 uh, before the show. So I actually have Pacheco at 17, Paris Campbell at 18, and Nico Collins at 19. So Pacheco is a stash as well. Um, you know, not as excited as I was about him earlier in the offseason, right? The mm-hmm. downside in this backfield with this backfield is that it could continue to be a three-way committee. The upside is that CEH continues to not play so well, right? Which would yeah. open some opportunity for a guy like Pacheco who has speed, you know, can be a legit receiver. He, he's like a playmaker type of guy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> CEH is not a playmaker, right? He's like a capable, you know, give him the ball. He'll give you four yards. He'll, he can catch the ball, whatever. But like, you know, kind if of someone like, like Jake, if someone, <laughs> like I said, but yeah, I, I, but Zeke feels like he has a lot more like, I don't know, like, you know, they, they just want to give him the ball, right? Like, it's almost yeah, like volume. they don't want him to lose his job, right? Like, I don't see a world where like, they're just like handing a job over to somebody else, but with the Chiefs, I can see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if someone like, like, why is Pacheco taking reps away from the CEH, right? Is, right. Is, is, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, if someone like him gets more opportunity in this offense with Andy Reid, that would be pretty exciting to me. Yeah. Maybe it's because yeah. he's wearing number 10 and they're having flashbacks of Tyreek Hill already. But, that's, uh, what happens with, <laughs> that's what happens with me, man. Whenever I see him with number 10, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. That's exciting. Not, yeah, no, it is. It is kind of exciting. I, I don't have a problem with, you know, taking Isaiah Pacheco and putting him on the bench. Like there's, I don't have any problem with that because we haven't he's seen a, he's, him he's play a, yet. He's a stash. He's a stash, right? Yeah. Just kind of keep him on your bench for a couple of weeks. See, see how that backfield plays out. Yeah. And the thing to remember with this is we're talking about the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are going to be a good offense as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. They're going to be a good offense, and that means anybody's liable liable to be catching passes. And we know Isaiah Pacheco has kind of been, you know, in line for that receiving role, especially over other guys that we thought would kind of, you know, be contributing there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jer- Jarek McKinnon, uh, that kind of thing. He he's moved his way up the depth chart enough where it's like, yeah, you can justify taking him as a as a as a way as a um, stash. Absolutely, there's there's no reason to not say that he can't be. I know a couple of people are like, what's what's all the big hype about Isaiah Pacheco? It's that he's talented and that he's moved up in a good offense with plenty of competition. You know, I think that's that's very promising. I'm happy to keep that on my bench. Yeah, no, I hear you there. I hear you there. All right. Uh, Paris Campbell, we, we mentioned him earlier. Like, you know, here's the thing with Campbell. He has to stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, he can be productive, right? Matt Ryan, I quarterback, it's possible Campbell, you know, is one of his favorite targets. Like, we'll see who Ryan prefers between him and Alec Pierce. Yeah. I have a feeling that if Paris Campbell stays healthy out of the slot, he can do some things. Frank Reich loves him, too. So they're giving him a chance. They're giving, they've been giving Paris Campbell a bunch of chances over the, over the last couple of years. And this might be his last one, but right. he's worth paying attention to as long as he's healthy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I think so too. Like just, you know, I'd rather take Al Pierce. That's why he's at number 12 and Paris Campbell's at number, you know, 18, but yeah. you know, just, just, just be prepared, be prepared to not have Paris Campbell live up to my expectations. Be prepared been, to have I, Paris Campbell on your IR, maybe. I've <laughs> I've had expectations of Paris Campbell for a couple of years now. It didn't really work out. Um, right. Now, no, coming at number 20, uh, a quarterback, James Winston. Like, 
you know, we, we've seen that Winston is capable from a fantasy perspective, like a ton, right? So like he mm-hmm. was on a run heavy offense last year when he was quarterback, same team, but run heavy scheme, didn't have any wide receivers, but he was, he was still able to maintain, maintain some efficiency there. Um, yeah. So this year we should see a much more pass heavy offense. The coaches have said so, and they have some legit weapons, <laughs> right? We talked about yeah. them earlier. So, you know, he'll probably be, I would say that he'll probably be the most picked up quarterback after week one. Like if he throws three touchdowns and you know two seventy five, you should not be surprised. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. And I keep going back. You know, we talk about you know we know Jameis Winston as the volatile guy, the thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions guy from was it twenty nineteen yesteryear. And you know you kind of want to hang on to that. But what I saw from Jameis Winston before he got injured last season was a guy that cleaned up that interceptions issue, the the bad bad decisions that was all cleaned up. He was efficient, you know, and he wasn't he wasn't off target. You know, he he has slight, I'd say, rushing upside. You know, he it's not that he can't move. Um, I, I'm just looking at as this is a good offense. You know, Michael Thomas is going to be there to lean on. Chris Olave is going to be there. Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Like, absolutely, this is a good pick for waiver wire. If he's there in your league, take him because I'm actually a big James Winston guy. I'm finding just talking about it because um, – just the offense that he's on and what I saw and how he played, there was nothing uninspiring about it last season. I don't think he had under 10 points in a game. And obviously 10 points isn't the bar to clear, but he had that five touchdown game against the Packers to open the season. And remember that? That set the fantasy world on fire. <laughs> that was something. So James Winston, obviously we know the upsides there. There's nothing there's nothing else to really, you know, hear about. James Winston, pick him up. You could have yourself a QB two, every week QB two on your hands. There's one thing that Zach didn't mention. Um, that was Jarvis Landry. He has him too. Oh, right. Jarvis Landry. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that pretty much does it for, for the top 20. I just quickly want to mention before we sign off, um, you know, potential top available handcuffs. Khalil Herbert, we mentioned him. Mark Ingram, if Alvin Kamara were to get hurt, he could potentially get some more work there. Don't know if he's going to be the every down back, but he'll get a lot of work. Zimir right. White, um, and, you know, he's not a three down handcuff, but if Josh Jacobs were to get hurt, he would maintain – he would probably get all the work on early downs. Uh, Rashad White, we mentioned him. Jeff Wilson, he's the RB2 right now in San Francisco. Uh, if anything were to happen uh, to um, Elijah Mitchell, then he would be the guy potentially on all three downs because he will – he is looking like the guy that they're going to play on third downs uh, now that they you know got rid of their third down guy. So that's an interesting one to me. Josh Palmer – He's a wide receiver handcuff, <laughs> pretty much. I'm not sure how much standalone value he'll have. He'll have right. his games. But if either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen were to go down, Josh Palmer is going to be big, potential league winner there. Right. Oh, we have a comment okay. here from JJ, and he wants to know if we can see the top 10 again. <laughs> sure. I can, I can throw that top. Well, and, and also, by the way, like we're going to put this up on the Instagram as well um, a little bit later today. So you'll be able to see, um, you know, the entire list. Uh, but sure, sure, not a problem, my friend. Um, let's see, where is it? I think this is it right here. Is that it? Yeah, it's loading. Yep, there it is. Cool. Um, yeah, you don't have to so, write these down, like we said. The yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be up on the website, and it's going to be uh, on Instagram as well. Um, a couple of defensive streamers real quick. Tennessee at home against the Giants. They're favored by five and a half points. It's one of the best streamers this week. Cincinnati at home against the Steelers. They're favored by six and a half points at home. Another good streamer. Uh, Why do I like home teams who are favored by a lot of points? Because if they're up in the fourth quarter and the team has to go pass heavy, then they're going to be one-dimensional, and the pass rushers will be on the field for every play. So higher chances of sacks, sack fumbles, interceptions Interceptions. all that um philly in detroit you know they're away in detroit but they are favored by four in detroit uh which really means that they're favored by seven uh carolina at home against cleveland that's another thing another one that you know you might want to uh you know think about just because you know they have jacoby Brissett, not really the best you know offense in cleveland right now so that's another option for you unless you know nick chubb just tears them up but but (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. I mean, if I'd rather go with those other options first uh, before going with those guys. Um, I do want to mention before we leave, 
couple of running backs who might have a little bit of standalone value uh, if you're in a pinch or if you're in a deep PPR league and these running backs might be available in your league. J.D. McKissick, only in P- full PPR leagues. Travis Homer is a little bit of a sneaky one this week. Kenneth Walker, likely not playing. Well, mm-hmm. he's not playing, right? Rashad Penny will. But the Broncos are favored by six points in Seattle. That's going to be a negative game script, okay? There's a potential the Broncos just destroy them. So yeah. the guy that's going to be on the field is probably not Rashad Penny if if the you know if the Broncos go up big. Travis Homer is going to be the guy on the field. And Travis Homer, he looked amazing in this preseason. So he's you know, a little bit of a DFS play potentially, uh, but also somebody if you're in a deep league, in a PPR league, you can kind of you know throw him in a, in a pinch. Right. All right. That's all we got. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys. Take it easy. Those, those are your waiver wire picks. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we're com- coming back at noon tomorrow, Zach. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Noon tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be talking about some some trade targets and you know who's tar- who. There are people trading right now. It's not even week one yet. You know, yeah. games haven't started, but people trading, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll talk about a bunch of other stuff tomorrow too, as well. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys. See ya.